Morning. How's everyone doing? Happy Tuesday. Jake's least favorite day of the week. Let's see who we got here. We got two names that aren't names. We got Biz Quigley. That's a fun name. Andrew Cass. Obscurian Brev. Troy Pike. Good morning. Craig Keys. You know, there are plenty of towns in Canada that have weather, too. All right, maybe we'll add Canada. Uh, producer Luke just told me that his favorite part of this show is, is the the random-ass towns. I like geography and, and knowing I think they don't teach it enough. Anyway, good morning. Hope everyone's doing fantastic, doing well, enjoying it. Turnpike Troubadours is the band today that it landed on, which is great because they're a fantastic band, but aren't around anymore for sad reasons or whatever. Um... Uh, before I even start, I had to restart my computer because the program froze. So I went to the best subreddit ever, Ask Historians. And if, if you don't know about Ask Historians, it's it's maybe the most toughest subreddit or toughest place on the internet to leave a comment in the world. They delete everything unless you're an actual historian and you cite all your sources perfectly and all that shit. Someone asked why why Chinese coins had holes in the middle. And uh, I was like, whoa, I didn't know that. And basically, it's just they they just printed coins two different ways. So this is what I was doing five seconds ago before I was waiting, while I was restarting my computer. And I found it. I was like, whoa, something I had no idea about. But anyway, see how they put them on their rings like that? As a, that was the equivalent of like, you know, us having the, the little coin rollers. And you could just give, you could pay by just a string. It was a, it was a string. Like this cost a string. But it's just the way they molded them. Instead of slamming the iron, they fully melted them and put them in uh, little molds. I didn't know that they had coins with holes in them. Anyway, so that's what I just read. It's Tuesday, which means we got a loaded content. Loaded content day. Talking Yanks, we had a voicemail episode. Love the voicemail episode. Voicemails actually went really well. It's a lot of fun conversations. If you're a Yankees fan, go check that out. If you're a baseball fan and you just want to be curious about what other fan bases think about things, you can check it out too. It's a little different reason to go listen. John Boy and Jake Radio will be coming up in an hour, 10 o'clock spot. Uh, I'm excited. John Boy and Jake Radio has been fun lately, and we're going to bring back Ranking Our Days, and I think there was something else we said we are going to bring back. I forget. Um, I'm excited about that. Last from the past today is all about Annie Oakley. As we continue Season 8 of the Wild West, Annie Oakley was a sharpshooter. Um uh, even as a little girl, she was just like a terrific sharpshooter. She could shoot a playing card in half. It's kind of cool. Talking Giants uh, released, I think it's an impromptu episode because I think they're they're supposed to be Tuesdays and Fridays, but DeAndre Baker got released from jail. They've been all over it. They've been all over that case in kind of a funny way. I think uh, Bobby said he's, he's a jailhouse lawyer now, which is great. Talking Folk, and Nick is in the Periscope, or at least he was, who hosts Talking Folk. Did a show on the White Buffalo, and I listened to it, and there was a lot of uh, history lessons within the song meanings in the albums. I've listened to half of it, Nick. Not all of it yet. I'm at this part. Uh, spooky? I really like that. <laughs> spooky. 
<laughs> what a word. Uh, sequence comes out today. I believe we have David Dahl on sequence, which is a, which is funny because David Dahl came on talking baseball and chatted with us, and and that's been released. And at the end, I don't if anyone listened, you heard uh, Dahl say he loves watching video, and Plouffe was like, "Well, come on sequence." He was like, "Yeah, I'd love to," and then he did, and now that's coming out. So that's uh, that's everything we got coming out today. Talk about the Padres. Talk about the Padres. Hey, the player we're doing today is a Padres player, but first. The weather in Keokuk, Iowa is 54 degrees and cloudy. Keokuk. Keokuk. All right. If anyone knows what... Fuck, do you spell it? Keokuk. If anyone knows what Iowa looks like, like if I could Google shape of Iowa. Um, shape of Iowa. You see the little the little dimple? That's Keokuk right there. That little dimple. So that's where the weather is we're talking about today. Um it's got it's a borders two rivers right there. That little dimple. That's Keokuk. And it's got a cool history. What am I doing? What am I doing? Jimmy, what are you doing? Jimmy, what the fuck are you doing? There we go. It's got a cool history. Uh, Keokuk, it's right by the Mississippi River. It's where the Mississippi River and the Des Moines River, uh, Des Moines River meet. So that's why it's naturally there. But check this out. There's a lot of hospitals in Keokuk and there's uh, a lot of uh, medical schools because it's right on the Mississippi River where they would load up uh, Union soldiers to go to the South and fight the Civil War. And then when they would send the injured soldiers back up North, their first stop was Keokuk uh, up the river. So they just needed a ton of hospitals and uh, medical students. So that's why there's a history of uh, hospitals and medical students in Keokuk. Crazy. I think producer Luke told me there's something else to, to read about Keokuk. Oh, this is uh, in 1829. Caleb Atwater described Keokuk. Hope I'm saying that right because I don't think I am. Uh, Keokuk as the village is a small one containing 20 families, perhaps. The, I mean, 20, Caleb, you can probably just fucking count to 20. You don't need to, you can be, if the number is 20 or around 20, you can be pretty sure of it. Like you could just go, go count. You don't have to say perhaps like maybe I think it's around 20. The village is small one containing 20 families, perhaps the American fur company have a store here and there is a tavern. Many Indians were fishing, and their lights on the rapids in a dark night were darting about and appearing and disappearing like so many fireflies. The constant roaring of the waters on the rapids, the occasional Indian yell, the lights of their fires on the shore, and the boisterous mirth of the people at the doggery attracted my attention occasionally while we were lying here. Fish were caught here in abundance. (laughs) What an end fish. And we caught some fucking fish. So don't think we weren't working while we were here. Oh, oh, we caught fish. Yeah, we caught a lot of fish. I'm Caleb Abwater. I caught a lot of fish. Uh, okay, that's kind of, I mean, my Indians. What did, the, what did the Indian lights mean? Many Indian were fishing and their lights on the rapids. I guess like torches. 
I don't know what that, all that can mean. Torches. I'm guessing torches. I think I do know what it means. I think I figured it out myself. So I'm pretty proud of myself there. All right. Player of the day, Carmelo Martinez. Edgar Martinez's brother. Edgar Martinez's brother. I'm going to pause that real quick. Uh, Edgar Martinez's brother. He's currently still in baseball. He's a Cubs minor league coach, Arizona League Cubs. Uh, on August 22nd, 1983, Martinez hit a home run in his very first major league at bat. Love that. If you're not swinging for the fences in your first at bat, you're a fool. You only get one at bat. Unless, unless there's like a lot of runners on and it's the middle of a rally. But if it's just a clean slate, you know, early in the game. Like Trevor Plouffe, he told us his first at bat came when the Twins had like four singles in a row and there's bases loaded. And he was like, fuck, I got to at least just get a hit. So I excuse Plouffe for not swinging out of his shoes. But anyone else in their first big league at bat, you better be Bo Bichette up there. You better be swinging out of your shoes. You only get one first at bat. Hit a homer. Carmelo understood that. Uh, him and Kevin McReynolds were dubbed the Eminem Boys on the 1984 San Diego Padres team that reached the first World Series in franchise history. So whoever told me to talk about the Padres today, boom, we did it. We did it. And uh, you like those Padres? Oh, stupid fucker, Jimmy. You forgot to send the picture to the, to the live feed. Uh, you like those Padres jerseys? I do and I don't. I think I love them as throwbacks. I don't think I would like them as my everyday jersey. And I think that's my final stance as of now. But as always, I reserve the right to change my mind. Oh, I forgot to do my new spiel. I was going to do it at the beginning of every episode. Damn. What was it that I said yesterday? What was it? Um, welcome to the morning show. This, you know, town's. Weather, geography, history, baseball, and books. It's for me. It's not for you. But if you enjoy it, I like that too. Put it put it on everywhere. You know? A lot of uh, the people that, that just like uh, the breakdowns and don't like anything else, they get mad when I do anything else. Hey, this is for me. It's not for you. But, you know, some people enjoy it. And uh, uh, I appreciate that. And that's awesome. But, yeah, I got to start my day out. Got to talk about things. Who else could I have told about the Chinese coins? You know what I mean? I got to tell someone when I read about why Chinese coins had squares in them. Got to tell someone. Have to. Can't just sit on that information. Got to share it. Uh, Carmelo Martinez. Let's see. I have, I have his baseball reference here. We can, we can go check it out. Carmelo Martinez. I have his name highlighted because whenever I, whenever I tweet, or put a player's name on the internet. I always just copy and paste it so I don't fuck it up. And that way I get all the tildes in there and stuff for the Latin names and badass. Not going to mess up your name. Uh, 11, career war. It's kind of interesting. His OPS plus. See that uh, in his rookie year, it's uh, 110. He actually got rookie of the year votes his rookie year. Um, see, he came in sixth place in his Rookie of the Year season in 1984. Who was ahead of him? Oh, it was Alan Davis won in the AL and Dwight Gooden won in the NL. Who didn't? Dwight Gooden got all the first place votes besides one. Who didn't give Dwight Gooden that first place vote and gave it to Juan Samuel? 
Carmelo Martinez. Two votes. Not first place votes, but just two votes. That was nice of them. Um, let's see. Let's see. What should we look at on his baseball reference page? Let's go to home run log. Let's see if he popped any. Oh, you know what? Let's do let's do verse pitcher and let's see how he did versus Hall of Famers. Let's see if Carmelo put together any fun numbers versus Hall of Famers. Um Okay. Oh, this is all the Hall of Famers he faced. Nolan Ryan. Let me see if I can make this bigger. Okay, so he faced Nolan Ryan, Tom Glavin, Lee Smith, John Smoltz, Greg Maddox, Steve Carlton, Jack Morris, Dennis Eckerly, Randy Johnson, Bruce Sutter, Don Sutton, Phil Necro, and Rich Gossage. But really, it's just the Braves team that he had the most played appearances. And does he have a good OPS versus any of them? Randy Johnson, six at-bats, two hits. Mm. Tom Glavin's pretty good. Hey, pretty good numbers versus Tom Glavin. Good job, Carmelo. Let's look at him. Um, so let's see. His first ever at bat, single. Then he doubled. So in 1987, two for three versus uh, Glavin in the same game. That's cool. Then the strikeout, ground ball, double play, ground out, home run. Hell yeah. Oh, he's got a home run later on too. The next season, he had a home run off of Glavin as well and a bunt ground out. So, that's cool. Good numbers versus Tom Glavin. Really bad numbers versus Lee Smith. Real bad numbers versus Lee Smith. Even worse numbers versus Jack Morris. 0 for 10. 0 for 8 with two walks. Nolan Ryan struck him out 12 times in 33 at-bats. Bummer. All right, let's go do one more thing with Carmelo. Oh, no, 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 no. I have uh, Carmelo as a manager got into one of the crazier um, brawls. I don't know if anyone's going to remember this from back when you at, people actually watch SportsCenter for, like, news updates. I know it's not that long ago for me. Well, it is now because I think the last time I did it was probably 2011 when I was still in college. Um, just because, like, you know, you have five roommates. You need something mundane that people aren't going to argue about, so you just throw on SportsCenter and call it a day. Uh, look at this. You got in a fight with the other manager. So this is not him. This is him. But there's a minor league pitcher that gets, like, criminal charges from this fight. Watch. So they're fighting. He's yelling and screaming. I have no idea the context. And then he kind of pushes him right there. And then, watch this shit. This guy that's coming in on the right, this pitcher, just fucking ropes a ball into the crowd. You see that? Number 32? Bam, into the crowd. He actually, I think he sent a fan to the hospital. So not really something to laugh at. More kind of like super scary. That's a weapon. Kind of badass. I know it's scary, but kind of badass to have like 
a physical attribute be a weapon, you know? Like, if I throw a baseball at the crowd, that's not a weapon. Or, like, whatever, like, one less than a weapon is. Or, like, you know, boxers, like, these are legal weapons. Like, fuck, that's badass. I got nothing. Can't weaponize a single part of my body. Physically. I can weaponize my stubbornness and loyalty in negotiations. That's all. That's all. It's just no weaponizing me. Fuck. All right. That's the end of Carmelo. Basically, it. oh my God, Doofus3000 just ruining the chat and hide user. I really only like, so we, we go live on Talking Yanks and we go live on Talking Baseball, um, but we only let Patreon members chat with us live because then it limits, it erases all the people that ruin live chat experiences for everyone else. Um, kind of sucks, but he's, that guy's gone. Anyway, I like the, I, that's why I like keeping on Patreon. Like I never want to do their shows to general public because people just come in and ruin it. Anyway, I watched yesterday, big time adolescence with, uh, my wonderful girlfriend, Katie. Uh, Pete Davidson. I'm not the biggest Pete Davidson fan. I saw him live in San Francisco once, but and he was funny, but I don't know. I'm not the biggest fan, but I like this movie. This movie, the ending is, is pretty sad. Super realistic. Basically it's about, you know, the, the people you look up to when you're young and then, uh, everyone tells you that you shouldn't look up to them. And then you kind of realize the adults are right. And, and that kid stays like that forever. But I thought it was good. It was funny. Pete Davidson was funny in it. And uh, the ending was kind of like very realistically sad. So that's just a quick aside before we get into the books. And I forgot to play the drop again. And the volume was really quiet. And that's all I have to say about that. Just a professional production. Oh, I found this ball the other day in my backpack. Must have bought it at a store because I, I can't really walk in and walk out of a store without buying a bouncy ball. Wababo, Wabobo, Wabobo makes some great balls if you throw a ball around the pool or the ocean. This one's pretty fun. You look at it and you're like, this is, this bounces normal? It does. Like, see? You'd think, oh shit. I wonder if there's, if someone would count all the sides and then there's like an octagon, but a version for like, how high do the gons go? You know, if you have like a 30 sided object, is there a something gone word for that? All right. I'm going to look at the chat. How high do the gons go? Octagon, pentagon, hexagon. Is there like a cutoff point where they're like, we got to stop just giving every number a gone. Let me know. Will Hobbs. I was uh, living in Newtown, Connecticut after college, and I was writing a bunch. I showed you some of the books I wrote for fun previously. I was writing a bunch. Um, you know, I didn't have a podcast. I didn't really live tweet anything. I just worked, came home, uh, wrote at night, and watched Yankees baseball. And I wrote a novel about, like, you know, college I wrote a bunch of short stories wrote some random ass poems and I wanted to write a high school one and like a young adult style book because I like coming of age like that uh big time adolescence I love coming of age stories um I like movies where the main character is lost 
like uh, Adventureland or The Way Way Back or even like Take Me Out Tonight, the 80s movie with Topher Grace that everyone hated. I like those movies where like, you know, it's uh, end of high school or end of college or and, you know, people are like, what the fuck am I going to do with my life? Because I lived that for maybe a long time until I started John Boy Media. I, I lived that that feeling of what the hell am I going to do? So anyway, I wanted to write a high school book. So I went to the local bookstore and I think it was Bethel, Connecticut. And there's all these books by this dude I never heard of called Will Hobbs, right? And he's written like, I don't know, I would say 20 to 40 just to be very safe. Young adult books. Like these are made for middle school kids, um, not made for adults. So I picked up this book, this random one. And I was like, I'm just going to read this. I'll probably kill it in like a day or two. And just see, you know, the themes and how dark it gets and what's it about and how is it like corny or is it not corny? Is it realistic? In this fucking book right here, this young adult book for middle schoolers is the only book I've ever read that made tears come out of my eyes. Just like a crybaby sob fest. And I'll just spoil it for you because... I don't think anyone of you are going to go out there and read this like young adult book from 1977. <laughs> I didn't know it was printed. I didn't know it was printed in 1977, but this uh, dazed and confused is a great movie uh, along that path. Yeah. So, uh, so um, yeah, that's a good one. I don't like catcher in the rye. Cause that kid was such a little bitch. Uh, I hated that book. Maybe I'll reread it as an adult, but as a younger person, I hated catcher in the rye. Anyway, uh, this book is about like his parents are getting divorced. I can't really relate to that. My parents have a good marriage and they go, they go on a vacation. He's got a brother that's like 10 years younger than him. I have a brother, producer Luke produces a show 10 years younger than me and him and his brother trying to stop. In the end, his brother fucking dies. He's 10 years younger than him. He lets his brother escape from the room, uh, to go do some shit with turtles. And then he finds him on the beach dead. I'm like, what the fuck? What are you making little kids read? Uh, cried my eyes out. Little brother dying. Damn. So anyway, I don't really, I don't really have a, I just wanted to let you know that this young adult book is the only book to ever make me cry tears. Just, just destroyed me for like a half hour. I was so mad at it. I was like, I read you just because I wanted to see what it's like. I didn't even want to get emotionally invested. I thought it was going to be dumb. Cried my stupid eyes out. That was back when I wasn't a crier, too. Now I'll cry over anything. I don't give a shit. Something makes me want to cry. I'll cry. No harm in that. Used to wake up on Saturdays hungover and just watch soldiers returning and, uh, you know, just cry. Be like, yeah, let's get this out of the way. Let's just cry. It's awesome. All the range of emotions. All right, I'm going to play some Trample by Turtles. Fucking not Trample by Turtles. Turn by Troubadours. And I'll uh, look at the chat for a quick second before I get out of here. You should do a Lord of the Flies review. I should probably reread Lord of the Flies um, nowadays. That's another thing that made you read it in school. And anything they make you read in school, I think you're 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 you go into it ready to not like it because forced reading isn't fun. Um, they should really they should really make kids choose your own book, read it, and tell me about the book you read. Um, Forced reading is not fun. It's, a, it's, it's the perfect way to make kids hate reading. It's the perfect way to make kids 
uh, think of reading as a chore and not as entertainment. It's just another form of entertainment. It's the same as movies or comic books or cartoons. It's just a story being told with characters and jokes can be made and drama can be had. But the way they make little kids force them to read these old-ass books that they're not going to understand just makes kids think reading's bad and boring. It's just, just stupid. Um, where do you think Puig will end up? The Giants were still... The Giants were still kind of uh, a good destination for them, and there was rumors about that. I like that because, uh, oh, Crying Dad subreddit is great, AAP, right? Uh, but I like, I like. we talked about Puig on Talking Baseball. Put him on a contender or put him on a tanker. Like, if he signs a one-year deal with the Giants, the hope is he's good enough to get traded to a contender. He got traded to the Indians last year. He They put him in the four-hole, and he just raked. It's awesome. Um, Dode... Dodecagon is 12 sides. Is that the highest gone? Dodecagon? Dodecagon. You should play a video game and get into speed running. Ooh, both of those things sound so not what I want to do. Um, all right, let's see what else. They made you read Kill a Mockingbird in eighth grade and the whole class would be sleeping. Yeah. So let kids pick out their own books. Bring in a comic book if you want. Reading still reading. There's still characters and storylines and you got to follow along and you got to think, uh, oh, why is this character feeling this way? It doesn't matter what the plot is. It's just about reading something else's point of view. I mean, some other state you learn. Even in fiction books, you'll learn a lot of truth. Uh, does Do... Dodecahedron? Is that a... Are you guys making up you guys making up guns on me? What's Dota Kihedron? We'll Google it. I don't trust you. Oh shit. Any polyhydrin with twelve flat faces. So twelve. Alright, we're up to twelve. This ball has more than twelve though. Um I'm gonna check Periscope. See what those guys are saying. There's too many chats. I have five family members, perhaps. Caught a bunch of fish. Is there going to be a season? Oh, I should tweet out my meter again. Right now, my meters are yes. There won't be baseball. You won't have a business, bud. You've been warned. Why are people trying to act like they know someone else's business? We will have a business. We're in a great spot. We're young and sleek and don't have crazy expenses and just got an investment and more deals are coming. So go fuck yourself, Robert Benjamin, and quit acting like you know anything when you don't know anything about our business. English teachers despise comic books. Yeah, I don't know why. I was told that at a very young age. Um... Just read. Read whatever you want to read. You can take something from anything. So I don't, I don't know why they do. Uh, whatever. All right. Should I get... Should I stop the chat? Great PBS Ken Burns series I just watched. Ooh, ooh. Okay, Mark. What what series did you watch? See if I've seen it. If I haven't, I will watch it. Did you watch baseball? Did you watch another one? Mark, I'm waiting for you to reply and then I'm going to end this. I need to know what Ken Burns series you just watched, Mark S. What are the risks of the season not starting on time? The players and the owners. 
Well, I mean, it already didn't start on time. It already didn't start on time. But you mean like on July? Just money, man. Just they'll lose a lot of money. Um, oh, you were reading uh, the Lewis and Clark? Ken Burns. The Lewis and Clark Ken Burns is is so great. It's amazing. Everyone go read it uh, or go watch it. It's two it's two episodes. I mean, unless you're like a young kid and you find documentaries boring, then wait until you become an older, a boring man. Uh, and then and then go watch Ken Burns' documentaries. But the Lewis and Clark, Clark Expedition, one of the more impressive things in the world. Uh, maybe not in the world, but it's impressive. All right. I'm going to leave. See you guys. We'll see you tomorrow.